last week, we began a new series titled The Righteousness of God. Will you say that? The Righteousness of God. And you can add this, in Christ Jesus. Now, again, I'm a teacher, so each week I'll do a little recapitulation or reviewing. Then we will add on to what we've received on the previous week. So allow me to do just a little review. However, uh, I want you to understand that transformation or renewal comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Amen. Uh, of course, I'm saying that uh, with the assumption of receiving what you hear. So uh, you can't always get it the first week. Then you have to remember when you have been uh, matriculated in a certain way or living a certain way for so long, uh, it takes more than or if you've been indoctrinated, rather, with the wrong information, it's going to take more than one or two 40-minute messages to change your trajectory. So you have to be intentional as students and disciples of Jesus to study even apart from what I will deliver you today and each week. And the church said, amen. Now, we're talking about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For a subheading today, I want you to write this, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Reconciliation, reconciliation, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Come on, let me hear you say it. Reconciliation. Amen. Now, as I stated last week, one of the most important questions that we will ever answer is what we believe about Jesus. All other theological questions are irrelevant until we believe that Jesus is who he said he is. Now, why is this important? And I said it last week, it bears repeating. This is important because our thoughts about God will determine the quality and direction of my life. I said again, so you can write it down. My thoughts about God will determine the quality and direction of my life. And one of the things that has been promulgated, uh, it's been going on from the days of Jesus, is the traditions of man, those rules and regulations beyond the Word of God. Things, just as Jesus talked about the scribes and Pharisees, imposed on men that they didn't do themselves, that was a burden, but they were imposing things that was beyond the Word of God. And we know, based upon the Word of God, that the traditions of man has made the Word of God to be of none effect. In other words, there are people who have received what man has said, and they believe that more so than the truth of God's Word. That's why sometimes we fight truth when we've been walking a certain way a long time. And we say things like, well, the church that I go it's not about the church that you go to or what your preacher said. It's what the Word of God has said. So our thoughts about God will determine the quality and direction of life. And remember this, religion 
always focuses on behavior. Write that down. Religion, and when I say religion, I'm talking about man trying to work his right, work himself right, or justify himself before God. Now, if you're a believer, will you declare this? This is our topic from last week. I am righteous. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am righteous. I am righteous. My righteousness is not based upon what I do, how good I am. I want to do good, but my righteousness is based upon the finished work of Jesus. I'm right before God, not because I do right. I do right because I am right. Now give the Lord Habash a shout of praise. See, we're not trying to get right by doing right. We do right because we are right. But religion focuses on behavior. If you came up in what is known as a traditional church, if you remember, immediately after your salvation experience, the mothers of the church and sometimes the, even the deacons, they immediately begin to focus on how you behave. You have to act this way. You have to dress this way. You got to walk this way. You have to talk this way. Should I walk right? Yes. Should I dress accordingly? Yes. But you can never behave yourself, walk yourself, or talk yourself into right standing with God. Walk right. Talk right. Dress accordingly. But it's not your dress, it's not how you talk, nor how you walk that makes you right. We do those things because we are right. Are you with me? Now, and I say that to say, that's why we have to get our beliefs in alignment with the Word of God. You get it? See, religion focuses more on how you act. And it's not how I act. And the thing is, if I can get my beliefs in agreement with the Word of God, notice I said the most important thing you you have question you have answered is what you believe about God. If my beliefs come into line with the Word of God, my behavior will take care of itself. See, religion tries to get you to act right, whereas in a relationship you're taught how to believe right, and if you believe right, you will act right. See, that's why trying to get you to act a certain way is short-lived. That's why you always feel condemned. Why? Because you feel like since you're not acting just right or acting accordingly, there's condemnation. But you have to remember, in Christ, there is no condemnation. So if you're condemned, rest assured, you're either believing wrong or the devil is trying to torment you. Are you with me? So our belief system is the invisible force behind our behavior, which explains, let me tell you something. You could look at how people walk. That gives you a a good idea how they believe. (laughs) So those of us who are bearing the name of Jesus, uh, and of course, we're, you know, we're being uh, perfected day by day. But you can tell some of us, we need to align our beliefs in line with the word. Again, when I believe right, there's going to be corresponding actions relative to how I behave. 
my behavior will line up with the Word of God. Are you here? So our belief system is the invisible force behind our behavior. If I believe wrong, I behave wrong. If I believe correctly, my behavior would take care of itself. And let me say this. There's only two kinds of righteousness. You can write that down. There's only two kinds of righteousness. <laughs> you waiting on the high point. This is about as high as I'm going to get. <laughs> Come on now. Roll with me now. There's two kinds of righteousness. There's self-righteousness, <laughs> which is man, man's attempt to be righteous or justify himself based upon his works or trying to, or the keepings of the law. Are you here? Again, we were, born, we were not born. Our covenant is a better covenant. We were not born under the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. So we're not trying to get right by works. Are you with me? Now, I always have to say this. We know there are ceremonial laws, civil laws, moral laws. I have to do this system more because people always, and see, let me tell you when you're bound by religion. When you're teaching, you're justified by what Jesus did, there's always got to be that. Yeah, but nobody's saying you can live. Who said you can live any kind of way? Most are living any kind of way because they've been taught, they're more focused on behavior rather than how they believe. If you believe right, man, trust you me, you will walk accordingly. But the moral aspect of the law uh, were those like, thou should not kill, thou should not bear false witness against thy neighbor, uh, honor thy father and mother, all those, those are good. Should we keep them? Yes. But in keeping them, they are insufficient to make us right before God. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't curse your mama out. But just because I don't kill and don't steal, that's not, that's not what makes me right. I don't do those things because I am right. Are you here? So there's self-righteousness. That, that's man's attempt to be righteous by what he does. Uh, just like Israel, uh, you know, and I hear Christians say this, well, they're saying it out of context. They say, like, you know, my righteousness is, a, is, is as filthy rags. Well, Israel had turned their backs on God. And in spite of his many blessings, they had an illusion of their own self-righteousness. Yet my righteousness is not worth a hill of beans. But as a believer, Jesus made you righteous. So as a believer... Don't insult what he finished by saying that your righteousness now is as filthy rags. No, you are righteous now. It, it, it's the person who is self-righteous, this righteousness that's as filthy rags, not the believer. Unless you are a believer trying to justify yourself by what you do. It, it, it's not enough. Now you're self-righteous. You're trying to become something based upon your own effort, which you would never do. Then there is God's perfect righteousness. Watch this now, which is a gift that we receive by faith. 
So God's righteousness, and we talked about this, and I know I won't get to that point today, but righteousness is a gift. Will you say that? Righteousness is a gift. Not because pastor said it, but because the word of God says it. Are you with me? And again, when you understand this righteousness, it'll change how you walk, change how you talk. Watch this. It would even change how you give. Oh. Six people got up and said, I didn't even say money. I said give. And six people are already looking like, there he go talking about money. But it would change even how you present what already belongs to God back to God. You don't argue about it when you understand. You don't argue about a dime or 90% when you understand my righteousness is based upon his finished work. Are you with me? So look, let's look at this. We're talking about reconciliation, okay? Now let's go to our foundational um, text. That's 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. See, if you ever get to the place, beloved, and understand that, man, Because of what Jesus has done, I'm presented before the Father, holy, just, and above reproach. It changes you. It changes your response. And you live in alignment with your position. Your position is you're holy. You're set apart. You've been distinguished above. And when you understand that, your walk will correspond, Brianna, Brianna, Breezy, with your position. And your position is I am holy. You're righteous too. You're holy, righteous. Righteous, holy. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a man. It's, it's, it's so much in these passages. Uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, that's why last week we've see, we seen that no one can accuse you because God made you right. Who remembers that in Romans 8? So, if you are a born-again believer, you are not what you were. First, you need to understand that that man was crucified. Although you may look like him, you are not the old Earl. The old Earl is dead. And you can't or should not let anybody try to bring up the old Earl and condemn you because the old Earl is dead. Even if you happen to fall short from, uh, of God's glory, that is still not the same man. This man is righteous. Are you here? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through who? Jesus Christ. So God has reconciled us to, to, to himself through 
Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And then there's a lot in that, too, because even with the ministry, what we've been what we've have been taught as the ministry of reconciliation, isn't what most of us think that is, but we're going to get into that. <clears throat> Verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though we were, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be what? Reconciled to God. Verse 21, here's our uh, key scripture. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, or more properly, that we might become right or in right standing with God in Christ Jesus. So here we see that he who knew no sin, talking about Christ, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So once you receive him, in him, you are righteous. You are made right by what he did. <laughs> Let that seep. You're made right by what he did. Huh. Now, these verses, particularly 18 through 21, the key idea in this paragraph is reconciliation. Now, you got to remember, because of Adam's sin, man became an enemy to God. Therefore, we were separated and alienated from his presence. We became spiritually dead. That's why we're made spiritually alive in him. See, th this is... When you get this, because we're going to see something in a minute, and you will stop all of this, God got to hurt you and test you to get you to whatever. See, now, if I have to be tested to get, see, now I'm trying to qualify based upon my works. Will you be tested? Absolutely. Will there things come and try to test your faith, your agreement with God? Absolutely. But God has no pleasure in trying to test you or hurt you. See, again, in this trouble, Jesus said, you're going to have trial, you're going to have tribulations, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Then in 1 John 5, 4, he tells us, anyone born of God overcometh the world. And it is our faith or our agreement that gives us the victory. Okay? So I'm not saying things won't try to come against you, but religion has, see, again, religion has us trying to act a certain way to receive something. Blessings aren't procured because you act right. Blessings don't come down because you act right. Blessings come down because you're believing right. God's not waiting to manifest something until you act right. If you believe right, the blessing will come. Why? Because you're realizing, Lord, you know what I need, and I know it's not contingent upon how good I am, but I believe Jesus made me right based upon what he did. 
So even though me and my wife might be at odds, can I still get the cookies because I'm in agreement? Let no one say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Then two, listen, why, if he has to hurt you, then what that says is that the stripes that Jesus took were null and they were insufficient. He, he took all the hurt that you should have got. See, I'm saying this, I'm about to show you in a second, but, but I, I got to lead you up to it because you got to get out of that mindset that I'm trying to work my way right before God. Believe right, beloved. That's why you can see some of us who know we're still being sanctified day by day. It seems like blessings are running us over. It's not because we've been good all the time. It's because we're believing right all the time. It ain't because I don't have some bad days, no. But even in my bad days, I stay in agreement with God. But I'll be a little sweeter this week more than I was last week because my belief is in line and I know I'm being perfected day by day. Are you with me? With the, the key idea in this paragraph is reconciliation because because of Adam, we were separated and alienated from God. Now, through the work of the cross, talking about Jesus Christ, he has now brought us back into right relationship, Minister Gerald, with the Father. Adam broke the relationship. Christ repaired it. Let me say it that way. Adam caused the breach. How about shit? Christ repaired the bridge. Are you with me? So God has been reconciled because of Christ now, and has turned his face and love toward a lost world because of what Jesus did. Now, the basic meaning of this word reconcile is to change thoroughly. Did you hear me? What did I say? Write it down so you're looking right. It means to exchange or to change as well as to change thoroughly. What does it mean? Say it again. To, to exchange or to change thoroughly. See, you can't, the power to define is the power to fulfill. If I can define it, I can fulfill it. If I can't define it, young man, guess what? I can't fulfill it. So I'm saying that woman of God, if I get it in me, then I can put it to work. So I'm not just saying this to be repetitive and to get on your nerve. So it means to change thoroughly or to exchange. Are you with me? Let me hear you say, what does it mean? Okay. So <laughs> now it refers to a changed relationship 
again, between God and a lost world. See, listen to what I'm saying now. God didn't have to be reconciled to man because that was accomplished by Christ's work on the cross. It is sinful man who must be reconciled to God. <laughs> you hear? And see, religion, when I say man has to, man has to come to him, but religion is man's feeble effort to be reconciled to God. In other words, these are efforts that will forever fail. So you can't come, you can't be reconciled based upon your merit. That's not how you get reconciled. You're reconciled by accepting Jesus as your Savior. <laughs> why? Because he bore the sin for you. That's why no matter what you do, your merit is alone is not good enough to be right. Why? Because you was not the sacrificial lamb. Christ was. Are you with me? So the person who reconciled us to God is Jesus Christ. Watch this now. In Jesus Christ alone. Here go another interesting point. That's why salvation cannot be found in no other name. <laughs> the only one that could die for you did die for you and got up. And was seen and ascended and he was sat down. Talking about the man Jesus. So the person who reconciled us to God is Jesus Christ alone. And the place where he reconciled us was at the cross. So that's why minister, 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 everything that happened to him happened to you. See, you were with Christ in that whole experience. That's why Romans tells us you were buried with him. Let me show oh, oh, Holy Spirit, let, he, let, let, I better follow him. Jesus. That came across my mind all week. But here we go. Are you here? Ah. Uh, Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Right? He's not talking about water. That Jesus, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Are you here? For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified. Where are you going? Ah. Yeah, let me look at it. I'm moving on this own. Oh, okay. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was what? 
raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Listen, so everything that happened to him happened to you. So not only did he get up, you got up. But you got up a new creation in him. Are you here? That's why you should not allow anybody to condemn you. Why? Because she died. He no longer exists. I'm a new. Not a rehabilitated, not repaired. I'm a new creation. Sit down. Another key in this section of verses that we just read is imputation. Someone say that. Imputation. Now, we just seen what was reconciliation to be, to exchange our thoroughly what? Change thoroughly. Got <laughs> See, I'm trying to help you. So when you get out here and trying to regurgitate it today, you, you sound you, you sound right. Don't mess it up. Then they can think your pastor don't know what he's talking about. No, I know what I'm talking about. A another key word is imputation. Verse 19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the words himself, not imputing that trespasses on them. Now, this is a word borrowed from a banking term. It simply means to put to one's account. I would write this down. To put to one's account. Anybody <laughs> deposited money in the bank? Nobody? Well, I have. I do it all the time. I don't. God, bless the people, Jesus. When you deposit money in the bank, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the ATM machine or the clerk, the clerk puts that amount to your account, to your credit. So when you deposit money, Alina, the clerk, puts that amount to your account or to your credit. So if you deposit $50, it's noted to your account, Alina deposited $50 to your credit. So when Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins were imputed to him. Watch this. They were put to his account. Not ours. We were in the negative. 
we were bankrupt. Because I had them. No money in there. Broke. <laughs> so when Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins, Christian, were imputed to him. Put to his account. You got to remember, he was treated by God as though he had actually committed those sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Are you here? The result is this. All of our sins. Listen. Past. See, when you understand this, you, you won't be, Lord, forgive me for the sins I did. Don't know, don't know what I'm about to do with the things I did. Didn't know. See, you, you been, you're trying to be self-righteous. Trying to be self-righteous. <laughs> I, I, what tickled me is the one, forgive me for the sins I didn't know I did. You, you know what you did. You may not want to remember, but you know exactly what you did, where you were, what time it was, and who you was with. You just don't want to remember it. <laughs> you stop all that nonsense when you realize, man, I'm right because of Jesus, man. You stop trying to impress God with that nonsense. He's not impressed. That's, religion has taught you that. So the result is this. All of our sins have been paid for. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. And God no longer holds them against us. Past, present, and future. Are you with me? Now, again, can I fall short of his glorious standard? Absolutely. But he's not keeping an account of those things. I'm going to show you. Are you with me? So all of our sins have been paid for. Someone say paid for. And God no longer holds them against us. Watch this. Because we have trusted Christ as our Savior. But even more than that, God has put to our account the very righteousness of Jesus. So in other words, where we were bankrupt without relationship, Christ said, I'm going to take yours, your unrighteousness, and put my righteousness. I'm going to exchange the unjust for the just. I'm going to take what you couldn't pay. Watch this. And pay it in full. Where you would never have to pay on this again. Show you something. First Peter 3.8. And this is blessing me. I'm telling you, when you receive this, you, let me tell you how, why it attracts people. Because you're living in such a way where the burden is low, no longer on you trying to measure up to somebody. And it's hard to minister to people when you're self-righteous. You can't hardly minister to people without, well, girl, I want to invite you to church. But listen, now, what you going to wear? Because I don't want you to come and see, see, self-righteous. Come how they want to come. 
I, I'm not worried about how you come. God looks at the heart, man. Because I know if you get the right stuff in you, you'll know how you'll know what to do. For indeed, Christ died for sins. See, see, y'all thought I was messing. One sin. See, because here's the thing, Chris. If, if, if I if if I fall short, I don't have to keep going back and forth, back and forth. He, because he he paid. Listen, it's paid in full. For indeed, Christ died for sins, once and for all. The just, talking about him, and the righteous. That's him. For the unjust and unrighteous. That's us. Was us. Before we became believers, he's the just and the righteous. We're the unjust and the unrighteous when we're still in sin. The innocent, see this, for the guilty. So that he might, see, here go reconciliation. He brought us back to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Now let's go back to verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you see this? Now, I'm going to show you about that, that him not, we've escaped his wrath. I'm going to show you this in a second. But righteousness, write this down. It's the Greek word, dekalsune, and it means the character or quality of being right. The character or quality of being right. Jesus did that for you. Pray, that's good. Fast, do all the other, whatever. But none of those things make us right. Let me say this. And it's good to do those things. We do those things. But this is what I'm saying. I don't care. You can fast all week long. But your fasting cannot make you any more righteous than what Jesus did once and for all. See, it's hard for someone to receive that. What are you talking about? I feel you might feel closer, but it doesn't make you any more righteous than what Jesus did. Well, I feel better when I do that. You, you should. But this is the thing, daughter, it's not what makes you righteous. When you start talking like that, now you're becoming self-righteous. Are you with me? So righteousness is the character quality of being right or just. Watch this. You remember last week when I said, when you receive this, there's going to be a righteous response, meaning that my walk will line up or correspond with my position. It also means conformity to the revealed will of God. Conformity to the revealed will of God. Or right action. In other words, because he made me righteous, there's going to be a conformity to the will of God. So there's going to be a desire to do his will. Why? Because I'm right. He made me right. So naturally, there's going to be a Right action. God, that's what it means. The character, quality of being just or right, conforming to the, the will of God, and it also means 
right action. So because I've been justified by what Jesus did, there's going to be a right response, Chris, the right action. Why? Because I know who I am. Again, righteousness is a gracious gift of God to man, whereby all who believe on Jesus Christ are brought into right relationship. So you're not brought into right relationship by dressing a certain way. Dress appropriately. You're brought into right relationship by what Jesus did. Because he switched accounts. He took us from negative to positive. <laughs> oh, Lord, that would have went well in the sanctified church. <laughs> it, 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 listen to this, beloved. The righteousness, this kind of righteousness, is unattainable by our obedience to the law or by any merit of our own or any other condition than that of having faith in Christ alone. And see, when you understand that, there's going to be a right action or a conformity to the will of God. It's the man who trusts in Christ or the man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. Are you with me? That is, he becomes in Christ. Listen to this now. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be, all that he could never be in himself. So it is what, see, you have to understand the, the significance of what he did. And when you understand that there's absolutely nothing that I could do to get right, and Jesus did that, people who have the revelation of that, they want to do right. They want to be a right action. Are you with me? So Christ's death on the cross reconciles man back to God. What reconciled us back to God? Christ's death on the cross. What does reconcile mean? To exchange, to change thoroughly. Now, listen to this. Because Christ bore man's sin on the cross, we now have peace with God. So there's no need to beat you down. Why? Because I'm at peace with God. See, if he still got to beat me down, then that means I'm not at peace with him. And what Jesus did what didn't suffice. See, again, you are at peace with him not because of what you do. So I don't have to keep beating you down and have kill you, as some say, to wake you up. Again, the Scripture says God chasing those whom he loved. That word chastening, the, the Greek, it literally means God educates those who he, he loved through his word. So he chastens us by his word, not by inflicting harm on you. See, he cannot... God can't take sickness away, which Christ bore that, then put it on you. 
He can't do that. Why? Because your account has been paid in full. And I cannot inflict this on you because it has been satisfied by Christ. He didn't put it on you. And he definitely don't have to put it on you for you to open your eyes. What if they don't become open because the burden is too heavy? Then what? See, you may hear it's the passion because you're talking about my father now. And like what Deion said say last night, and I'm taking it personal. When you lie on my daddy and, 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 and make all these wrongful accusations that's not him, I take it personal. Why? Because I know my father, and he would never do that to his children. So because of Christ, we're at peace with God. Watch this. Yeah. I need to show you this real quick. Can I show you real quick? Because this is really why I need to stop. Technically, those of you visitors and watching, I'm done. I'm done. 45 minutes, I'm done. Yeah, I'm led by Spirit, Holy Spirit. But the majority wants me to take nine more minutes and give them this. I have to do that for me so you won't leave talking about child. He long-winded. No, I wasn't. You said take another. <laughs> you said take your time. Because Christ bore man's sin, our sin, make it personal, say my sin on the cross. I am now at, I have to show you this. I am now at peace with God. Watch this. And as believers, oh, boy, this is the part I love. We are no longer objects. Of God's wrath. Boy, that uh, burden just should have, it lifted on me a long time ago because I had the revelation. But I'm saying, those of you who, who just come into knowledge, knowledge of this, a burden should have been lifted. You mean I'm not an object of his wrath? Well, why did the car break down? You're not taking care of it. <laughs> Haven't had an oil change in three years. But why did this happen to happen to me? Look how you're eating. He had not exercised since P.E. in eighth grade. I don't know, but we can't say it's God. Why? Because what I should have got once I came into relationship and was reconciled to him, my debt was canceled. Uh, Romans 5, 1. Let's look at this real quickly. Therefore, the, Romans 5.1, come on, let's read this out loud because I want you to see. Therefore, since we have been justified, watch this, meaning that is acquitted of, say this, those of you who believe now, I've been acquitted. Just, just, just look in the natural. All my lawyers. They cannot charge you with murder twice when you've been clear from it once. So you were cleared of those charges and you're trying to trump them up again? I've already been cleared of that. 
What are you talking about? Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith. That's faith in Jesus. That's because you've accepted Jesus. See, here's what we need to do today. Grasp that fact. Throw your merit away. Grasp the fact that you've been made right. And at peace with God because of Jesus. Uh, 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 another way to say that is getting in your thick skull. That you are at peace with God now. You are declared blameless before him. Let's grasp the fact we have peace with God. See, look at this word again. See, the exchange and the joy of Reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the known one. First Peter 2.24, notice I said, notice what I said, because, because Christ bore our sins on the cross, we're at peace. we just seen we're at peace, right? And we're no longer objects of God's wrath. First uh, Peter 2.24. He personally <laughs> carried our sins. I'm reading from the Amplified. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin. See, let me tell you, the Amplified doesn't change the word. It amplifies it makes it more lucid, clear, understandable. Changing the Word of God, what Revelation talk about, what it says, don't add anything to it, take away from it, is when you change the meaning where you totally wreck, exchange what God has said for what you wanted to say. But making it clear is not changing the Word. It's making it to where you can see it clearly. Are you here? So he's telling us so that we might die to sin, becoming immune, watch this, from the penalty and power of sin. Why are you being penalized for that and you've been freed from it? Now, can I learn something through that? Absolutely. I want to do that again. But we have to stop saying, God, you had to do that so you can open up your eyes. See, now, you, you, sir, you're telling me that I'm trying to get somewhere on my own merit that I can't do, that I cannot do. Jesus made me right. Are you here? Becoming immune from the penalty of sin and live for, see, see, there it go. And live for right. So there's going to be a corresponding action, a right action. Conforming to the revealed word of God. So once it's revealed to me, daughter, how to do a thing, because I'm righteous, I should desire 
to have the right action. For by his wounds, excuse me, uh, and live for righteousness, for by his wounds, you believe have been healed. By his wounds, not yours. His wounds. Last verse, Romans. Almost last verse, but we there. Uh, Romans 5, 9 and 11, real quickly. Amplify, you there? Let's go. Now, you guys stay with me because y'all said, keep going, preach. Take your time. I'm good. Again, man, let me, let me say something. I want, I want something that would change the trajectory of my life. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to have a shouting good time, as they say. Never wrong with that. Then go home and condemned and still trying to make myself right before God by doing a bunch of stuff. That's too heavy of a burden to carry. And you know what? There are people who do it and enjoy doing it. But all it does, it exasperates you. It burns you out. That's why you can see the same person a year from now. Girl, what's going on? Girl, I, and they, you hear him, girl, I, don't, I can't deal with all that stuff. It's just too much. Because perhaps they were somewhere who were told that the only way you're going to be right is by doing this A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Not knowing that, man, I do right because I am right. Are you here? Therefore, since we have been, we've been what? We've been what? Here it is again. Justified, declared what? Free of the other skin. By his blood, how much more certain is that we will be saved from it ain't talking about over yonder. You're not going to need it over yonder. You need it on this side. Now, those who don't accept him, Lord, have mercy upon their soul, but for you. John tells us, he who receives Jesus now hath eternal life. So you don't, need to be, you don't need to be saved from his wrath in heaven, as they say, over there. You know, wherever, over yonder, whatever they say. And just to give you clarity, you're not going to be in heaven. That new Jerusalem is going to come down to earth. Are you here? We will be saved from the... Wrath of God through who? See, through him. Thank God for Jesus. For it, Look at this, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were, here it go again, reconciled to God through the death of his son, is it much more certain having been reconciled that we would be saved from the consequences of sin? In other words, what I should have got as a result of sin, but because of Christ. Thank God my account has been wiped clean by his life. That is, we are saved because Christ.
Christ lives today. Verse 11. Not only that, but we also what? Rejoice in God. Rejoicing in his love and perfection through our love, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received. See, you sh- see, you should be enjoying your reconciliation with God. But but it's hard to do that when you're still trying to appease God by your own merit. Last verse. Listen to this. Reconciliation is based on imputation. Because the demands of God's holy law have been fully met on the cross by Jesus, God can be reconciled to man. Those who believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior will never have their sins, listen, imputed against them again. Do you hear me? Those who believe on Jesus Christ as a Savior would never have their sins imputed against them again. Romans 4, 5, and 8, last verses. Watch this. NLT, Tamara. Look at this. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work. Come on, I want you to read this. People are counted righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also, David also spoke of this when he described what happens as those who declared right, uh, righteous without working for it. Verse 7, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Now, 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 show me this, verse 8, because the NIV gives a little more clarity to it, and I'm done for today. Watch this. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Why? Because the sin, the thing that had you separated from God, once you accepted Jesus, that thing cannot be put on you Again, you cannot be charged with that again. Why? Because you've already been cleared of it once. And it's illegal to charge you twice with what God has cleared you with once. The only way, beloved, to have good standing with God is by accepting his gift that's Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.